will be low. Our climb will be steep. We may not get there in one year or even in one term. We as a people will get to the promised land. I promise you, we as a people will get there. And whenever men and women straighten their backs up, they are going somewhere because a man can't ride your back unless it is better. I'm not worried about anything. I'm not fearing anything. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome to Everybody Mad, the podcast where nothing is off the table, facts are currency, and at some point, everyone will feel uncomfortable. This is what happens after. Welcome to Everybody Mad, the podcast. Welcome back to Everybody Mad. You're now entering Everybody Mad chat room. This is your boy, Rel. Uh, I'm happy y'all are here with me. Uh, this week, we are closing out the Insecure Dating Love All Things In Between series with this final uh, two-part episode of the season finale recap. And this week, I am joined by, again, two former guests. Uh, I will ask them to drop their name. Uh, name, let's switch it up this week. Name, age, and one interesting fact about themselves. Um, so, Ash, kick it off. Okay. All right. <laughs> As you know, said, my name is Ash. I am 31 years old. Interesting fact. Well, the, you, I gave an interesting fact last time. I still think it's interesting, so I'm going to keep with it because, you know, i got to plug myself. But I am closer to uh, finally getting some direction mm. on my firm, footprint, business, and branding slash legal solutions. Um, I'm taking some pretty good steps towards finally getting it up and running, so I'm really excited about that. And I have a web series on contracts, copyright, trademarks, and making it pro for all the esporters and influencers that I am dropping next week. So I'm really excited about that. Shout outs to being further along. That's a blessing. Y'all gonna hear New York City noise. So, say what's up to the people. Carla. Shout outs to big moves. Are you ready? I mean, I'm as ready as I'm gonna be. Mm. Okay. Twenty twenty is Twenty twenty is a year of shifts, so uh shift with it. So in that, let's shift on to this goddamn topic. Uh so part one was amazing. Uh shout outs to Connie Bree. Uh, who else was on that? Uh, Connie Bree. Who the fuck? Oh, Quana. Yes. Thank you. Um, how could I forget? And uh, we we dove into a number of the subject matter topics on this uh, season finale episode of Insecure. And I want to kick it off with how y'all feel about Tiffany's uh, situation just coming to, to head um, on screen. They didn't gloss over it. Uh, they didn't, you know, kind of just uh, catch us up, you know, later on and, and tell us she had a breakdown. They showed us and she disappeared. Uh, so I want to, you know, get your thoughts on um, 
you know, how that, you know, how that made y'all feel, what y'all thought about it. And we can start off with Carla. Um, I'm definitely glad that they, that they um, had these nuances in a couple of the episodes related to, you know, the, um, her postpartum experience. I kind of wish that they would have explored that a little bit more explicitly as opposed to just kind of like, you know, a little like nuance here and there. I feel like the last episode was the first time that they actually like explicitly kind of, you know, focused on her um, and what she was going through. And then even though there was like this quest to find Tiffany, um, you still see like Issa and Molly's like awkward situation kind of playing out as they search to um, try to find her. And then I feel like the moment where Derek like, you know, walked into the hotel room door and she like sobbed in his arms was very anticlimactic. Um, so I was like kinda I wasn't expecting that. Um yeah. So I actually thought that um they were finally gonna re- reveal that she was cheating. Like that's not true. <laughs> so I mean I was you know, I was just trying to see where they were going with this, but that's what I thought this entire time. Like even from the prior seasons, they made it seem like they were alluding to the fact that like she had been like creeping, which is what I thought, um, based upon like some of her behaviors. Um, and so I was, you know, when they were looking for her, I was just like, Girl, she uh getting in like leave her alone. Like she out here, you know, finally like doing something she wants to do. She seems she's been really stressed. So but then when I saw that how that I guess distraught and how emotional she was, I then could empathize with her. Um, although I don't have children, um, I feel like I would reach a breaking point at some point and like would be in a similar situation. And so I guess I just really empathize with her, not knowing really what she's going through, but was glad that her friends were there to support her and to love on her. And hopefully she feels that so she doesn't have to get to that point to where she has to like just leave her husband and you know do this but i hear that it happens often with women when it comes to like postpartum or just needing a break and they don't know how to ask for it um because they think we have to be strong and so hopefully this will help someone like realize like you know there's nothing wrong with just saying you need a break and taking a break that's so real um it's interesting to hear that i thought it was uh she was cheating um because I, I didn't think that like i really thought that that she really had broken down um because of you know having the baby having gone through that postpartum um and was really like just over it uh i think you know even going back to last season where she talked about being a mom and you know she didn't like she didn't seem like she was all happy for for it to be that way and like to be going through that and Derek neither because like you know there was a moment where he talked with Lawrence and I um and I think that is important um that we all kind of like maybe take this to look at it whether we are parents or not parents um individuals looking to have kids or not to have kids but to just realize that you know um you know all that 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 really takes to kind of step up to be a parent um and that's not to make excuses you know for people who don't you know do a good job when it comes to parenting um but it's to really like realize that that is a that's a there's a lot y'all would think i lived in the hood um with all this goddamn noise uh but 
to just what it takes to you know step into parenthood and that it's a huge uh decision and that you know we don't oftentimes see these things shown on television um I, I hear Carla when you say like they should have covered it more. I've heard other people say that too. Um, I think they covered it well. I mean, I'm saying this not as a woman, um, so there's that context. But from a from a perspective of someone who's you know as a man and as you know well could potentially have kids someday at, at you know in real life, that I thought you know it was written nicely into the storyline. Um, but I do think it was something that uh, could you know and should be explored more. Um, so, yeah, there's more on that. I think that should be coming. Well, there were, like, implications or, like, uh, in, like, past seasons about either her or Derek stepping out in a relationship. Um, and so I thought that, I thought that this episode was finally going to reveal whether or not that was true. And then, like, earlier in the season, in the episode where they went to Issa's block party and, um, whatchamacallit, Tiffany... The, the babysitter called and she was just like you know the, the baby's crying she won't stop crying like you have to come home and uh, Derek went home Tiffany stayed and then Amal he's his brother right this name um, something like he, that he was like oh like you know um, Derek's such a good I think he said like Derek's such a good husband or something like that and then Tiffany made sure to say like he's a good father something like that yeah to nuance that and then it immediately reminded me of I think it was like season two where they kind of alluded to the fact that there was some type of trouble in paradise between Tiffany and Derek because for a while they, uh, he was like living in a hotel or something like that so there was always this kind of unvisited or like um, okay there were these like you know nuances about the imperfections in their relationship that they didn't really let anyone see and that they didn't really share with the group and i thought that in this last episode we were going to get like more more information on that i was like oh this is when we gonna find out but then it was just you know a moment where she kind of just like sobbed in his arms and and not not that that's not valid or anything like that but um, you know, for, for the majority of the episodes to kind of focus on finding Tiffany, um, that final moment for me was just a little bit anticlimactic. That's real. <laughs> what you going to say, Ash? I was going to say, I, I felt the same way. Okay, that's real. All right. I mean, I, I, I feel like they're, they held off on that to bring us back for next season. Um, so I'm, I'm hoping, you know, we're going to get to that at some point, but I'm hoping that that's an element that, that really gets dived into um, in that space. So let's get into Molly and Andrew. So we're th- this is the scene where, you know, this is after they find Tiffany and Molly and Andrew come back together and they have the conversation. And... Uh, I don't know if 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 you all picked up on it, but I, I mentioned this in episode part one where I said uh, Molly mentioned that she she lets everything go, but yet she called her her therapist with the needing to talk about letting things go, and it was interesting that you know that was her initial response to that when he was bringing it to her attention, she didn't recognize it. Um, when they had that initial uh, conversation about it, 
And then we get to, you know, her coming back to the conversation and wanting to have with Andrew. And he's pretty much like, nah. So I don't know who or if any of y'all said it. But I know some people were like, I could see that happening. What, them breaking up? Yeah, Andrew breaking up well. I didn't see it. I mean, we don't, but uh, he pretty much gave her the same heat that she gave Issa. So, take it for what we you... We talked about this earlier, that um, I think that it's kind of unfair because in the beginning of their relationship, it seemed like she had to pull a lot out of him. And so then it was just like, okay, now how is, does he have any right to then like make all these critiques? When, you know, months ago, you know, he didn't want to talk. He didn't want to. Like, all he wanted to do was have sex. Like, he didn't want to open up. He, um, you know, didn't really seem, I guess he seemed understanding, but not really. Um, so, to kind of, like, just flip the script and then say, hmm, no, nah, I'm not really feeling this. I was just like, that's that's kind of whack, you know. Um, but what was it? You know, the episode you and I did when I kept talking about how I am Molly, I can understand how he can get frustrated, but I can understand how she had been taking like active steps to incorporate him into her life and make him feel like she was a priority. So it was just kind of frustrating that it seems like it's never good enough. Like, you know, I, there's there's everything I'm trying to do that you say have an issue with, like it's, it's still an issue. So then maybe it's just not working. Like maybe we aren't compatible and that's cool. But I don't know. I just didn't like how, I didn't like how, I didn't like the conversation. Mm. Didn't like it. Carl, you got any thoughts on that? Um, I mean, I was rooting for Molly and Andrew. And I know for weeks people were talking about how like Molly was, Molly was going to get dumped by him and he was going to get tired of her. He doesn't really like her, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I, 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 I definitely disagreed. I thought that he actually really enjoyed being with her, but in this mm-hmm. episode, him saying that, like, you know, we do everything your way, um, you know, we do every, I do everything that you want to do, and you can't even budge a little bit on some of the things that, like, I would like you to do, and that's real, um, and I think it's, and I definitely think it's unfortunate that, um, you know, Molly clearly is still in a space where she can't, she can't really see, like, some of the errors of her ways, um, I don't think that she is the terrible monstrous bitch that everybody's making her out to be. But um but but I do feel like, you know, she has she definitely has some areas for growth for sure. Molly is trash in my book. I've said that oh, all God. season. But I'm a I'm a I think and so okay, so I'm gonna say a couple of things on this. So I think in some ways we saw this image of Molly this season really portrayed in, in really subtle and it also really um, in your face ways uh, particularly to like for I think for ourselves to take a look at you know who we are um, and ask ourselves some of the same questions we have of Molly um, I, I was rooting I, I was as well I didn't think Andrew was like I, I saw Andrew as being a little uh, you know more patient and understanding I think the situation with his brother really did uh, bother him and then how she responded um again about it like you know the there was the the peace offering of inviting out um to the game i think it was and you know it that was curved and then you know even 
after that trying to have a conversation about it it was like shooed off and i don't know if this was picked up on like i said subtle ways where like she came in the house with the food and she just like walked in uh you know, where her own thing. Um, no, sorry, not that. Sorry, that was another episode. That where she walked in with the food. Um, but on the last episode, where she came in and he wanted to watch the the Finding Latoya, um, and she curved that, and it was just like you you really do want like everything how you want to do it when you want to do it he didn't want to go to the bar she wanted to go he you know she compromised well she made a compromise that wasn't really a compromise um and he you know appeased it and it's like okay now we relax and i'm about to tell you about watch the show and you still yet again gonna flip it off for when you want to go to sleep um and and so it's just like it's all of those things that i think were were baked into you know that decision to be like yo shorty like you're 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 bugging like like my brother you know that's one situation it's the 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 one is to sleep and, and can't you know uh watch the tv show now even though we stayed out later because that's what you wanted to do so i think it's all of that that's really a big deal like yes watch it in the morning no see that's you yeah that's 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 demeaning his feelings because like it's like to you it's like it's no big deal but he stayed out for you already mm-hmm. so why not give him that sacrifice of staying up to watch the show or letting him watch it and you just watch it later i don't think it's necessarily a big deal i think it's just um, i think for andrew probably just another one of those another one of the things on the list you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? of like instances where he feels like he's kind of he's uh uh kind of making sure that what they do is more accommodating of her and you know maybe he, his reaction would have been different if he didn't already feel as though there were multiple ways in this relationship where he has been sacrificing more um in order to make her feel comfortable yep I, I, I think, yeah, like I, I wouldn't, like I said, I still wouldn't classify it as not being a big deal because, for, again, for him, like it was another thing on that list, so it might have been a big deal. But essentially, you know, that's what it comes down to, you know, as they're looking at it or as he's looking at it, it's just like, yo, like, sis, like another thing, another thing, another thing, another thing. So, yeah. And then what I found interesting, though, also about that conversation that they had um, was how she was immediately ready to like fight for it. And she was like, what do I have to do? We're going to throw away these good months. Yet on the other hand, her homegirl Issa, uh, pretty much making efforts and Molly over here acting like she don't understand what's going on. And so I, I, I remember after the episode aired, there was some interesting comments and feedback about that, that particular aspect or that particular scene where Molly is fighting for this relationship with Andrew. And it made me wonder, like, are, are more women like that in relationships where they're willing to fight for their man um, than their friendships? Um, and, and it was interesting to see on TV. Go ahead. I look, he had it in a situation or in like that with an ex to where I snapped on the friend instead of like because I felt like she contributed to the situation and she actually let me like snap and just kind of took it and then once I realized like I was tripping and like 
you know, she was the friend, the ally. Like, you know, it was my fault and not her fault. She accepted my apology of saying, like, yeah, you were tripping, but you know what? Like, I'll let you go ahead and, like, blame it on me. But I realized that you were really, you know, I realized that you would come around and I had to thank her for accepting me, like, accepting my apology to, to realize that, like, I was completely in the wrong of placing the blame on her even though I felt she contributed to the tension in the relationship. Um, but, you know, when I had to think about, like, what was important, the friendship or a relationship, you know, you got history with your friends, and if you value them, you know, you then make that work. Um, but that did, have, like, a, a very similar situation happened, and I was kind of, I thought about my situation when I was looking at that dynamic between the three of them and I think that it is common like we're quick to like snap on our friends instead of like usually holding the guy accountable or holding ourselves accountable I just guess it's like easier to blame our friends because we know that they're always going to be there or like mm. they're not going anywhere mm. yeah and, and like romantic relationships are always about um, yeah, you know platonic friendships so I think that people tend to be a little bit more uh a little bit more uh, possessive over their romantic relationship with a person and value it in a different way um, and will try to salvage it in, different, in ways that they may not necessarily do in a friendship because I do think that we take for granted that some of the platonic friendships that we have would either always be there or that we can just replace them with new ones but we can't that but we actually don't necessarily feel like with romantic relationships we can just replace it with another one there are people who in romantic relationships even when they're not necessarily happy because they're just like oh, I don't want to start over like I have to go through XYZ all over again and get to know someone all over again so like there is this idea that romance and love and like that type of love is hard to come by and so I think that because of that many of us tend to will, will be more will be more uh, willing to listen when a partner says to us like hey you're fucking up. I need you to change this or whatever the case might be. That's real. That, 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 that's real. Um, I'm just trying to figure out like what, like why do we do it though for when we, when we know it's not successful? Why do we do what? Like, we we shun those those friends those those like and because I, I i when when that when that scene played out and she she was like talking about what can i i saw that i was just like wait you're really going hard for this man right now like when she said the whole how do we throw this like enough, enough to where she wanted to make it work like she actively first well once she got over the fact he was aging she was like i she was like, you know what, I want to make this work, so what can I do? So she genuinely seemed like she did like him and was willing to make changes for him, which is something that's hard to do. But my thing was, it's like, one, why did it take this man? Molly has historically just like not, she doesn't have a great track record in the dating department, you know? She historically has not been able to have like lengthy romantic relationships, so she probably felt like, damn, I, I feel like I finally started to hit a stride with this with this person, and and this shit like blow up in flames. But my thing is like, why did it take one? Why did it take this man? 
Um, but then on top of that, it was Issa who was like pushing you to get with him. So then it's just like, yes, Issa. She was kept in the beginning. She was just like, "You sure you like him?" Or like, it seemed like uh, Molly was downplaying her relationship. She did. Initially, she was. She did. And that's where, but Issa still was, Issa was more like, just don't trip, like, don't push him away, like, don't be regular Molly, and not like, oh, nah, like, she didn't, I don't think she badmouthed Andrew to, like, to where it was like, oh, Molly, that's not a good man to talk to, or don't, don't mess with him in that regard, to where I could see where she starts to, where why Molly would start to put up this, this wall around protecting her situation with Andrew. And so for like for me it was just like why did it take why did it take this man for Molly to see that her her situation with Issa her relationship her friendship with Issa was something to be valued and cherished and it's like wh- like why do we we do that you know when it's it's not successful for us you know in the long run to uh, operate our our relationships with. Um, our romantic relationships in that manner and and pit them up against you know our friendships say what women are stupid basically oh okay okay so let's get into the conversation of Lawrence and Issa that's crazy I mean we, I, I really just thought like I didn't think the storyline would take that sort of twist I'll just be real with you like I didn't I didn't see them like going in that sort of direction with this with this show um, so that's really where, like, that's really what threw me. Like, I really just thought, like, okay, Condola's out of the picture. Um, we'll get something. We'll get Issa and Lawrence. We may not get them back together as a couple, but we're going to get a new iteration of Issa and Lawrence, you know, focusing on them. Um, not focusing on them potentially with Condola having a child. Um, so it's just like, it to me, I was just like, it was the monkey wrench. Uh, you, I, I don't know if y'all ever watched the game. Yes. Like, I, I, that show. I guess and I did. So I was just like, no, Melanie and Erwin, like no, like. But I mean, I feel like this is low-key more common than we think. Like, I do have friends who have children, like you know, somehow their exes randomly get randomly get pregnant, but they're in new relationships, and it's kind of like, ooh, I found out my ex is pregnant. Like, ah. You know, we're we going to have to deal with it type of thing. Um, but I just appreciated in the beginning, like, Issa's maturity of saying, like, okay, you got the job. I'm happy for you. Like, we'll make it work. Like, I'm willing to, you know, it's not that far. Like, we'll, we'll figure it out if we want it. I just don't trust that Lawrence will ever get over the fact that she cheated. Like, I feel like the men can never get over that. So, like, my fear is that in the next season or in the future there's been issues because now there's like some questions about what people are doing where and you know then what is Lauren supposed to like is Lauren even supposed to go now because like you know he's got this baby which I don't even think it's his it's just a math I'm like you know the last time they were together but 
Um, I just think that it's messy, and I feel I wish Kanoa just never said anything. Like, you know, but I guess she kind of had to. Um, but I think that Issa is going. Issa will accept it, and I think that she will like her growth and her maturity will be. You know, I messed up the first time. Now I'm gonna show him and show you know and show the world that like I'm really invested in this relationship, and I'm gonna look past it and make it work. One, I think it's trash a little bit that you like. Lawrence ain't gonna be able to get over that. Um, I think he is. I think he did. Nah, nah, nah. You gotta look at every man differently. We can't do that. Nah, we can't do that. We can't. We can't have you out here. Nathan. I'm trying to be open with him, like, like, hey, you know, this is the situation with Nathan, like, always having to, like, explain, and I feel like just always having to explain yourself is going to get draining for her, and, like, then might make him question, like, well, why are you always explaining the situation, you know, so I just feel like I personally, I, I am a, a Issa and Lawrence, like, fan, like, I want it to work, but in my mind, I'm just worried that, like, somebody is going to get hurt, and now that Condola is pregnant, I'm like, somebody's really about to get hurt either one of them like all either one three of them will get hurt and so that's just my fear is that now he's leaving Issa is mature enough to where she recognized what she did wrong it seems like Lawrence has accepted it but with the distance and our baby like it's gonna take a lot of work on all their parts to like have a healthy co-parenting throuple rope you know baby mama situation that's why I'm Team Nansberg. <laughs> that's trash. That's not that's not why I'm Team Nansberg, but um, I just like I, I like Nathan a lot. I like what he represents, and I feel like I feel like there is a newness and a rebirth in that um, that 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 her relationship with Nathan symbolizes on the show, and I would love to be able to uh, for us to have the opportunity to opportunity to explore that more. Um, I don't have anything personal against Lawrence. I don't think he's, you know, a terrible person. I don't think he's trash, nothing like that. But um, for me personally, like, I don't really feel like there's anything exciting about Lawrence. And I know that they have a lot of history. And, like, obviously, it's very easy to root for that couple to get back together, especially because they probably, they might still be together if Issa um, had it cheated. Um, but uh, what you gonna call it? What I appreciate about um Nathan is that he kind of was like a catalyst to 
um, or an accomplice or a co-conspirator if we must um, in you know Issa's like uh, journey to like uh, her self-discovery and you know manifesting the black party and I like how he like hypes her up and like any idea that she has he's always like there to support um, and it's kind of just like you know he's kind of he kind of holds the mirror up whenever she can't see or like she's having trouble believing in herself um, and I think that what's beautiful about this situation too is that when Issa broke up with Lawrence, you know, naturally she was going through a phase that everyone, you know, goes through when they break up with someone who they've had a lot of history with. They're thinking like, oh my God, how am I going to rebound from this? Like, you know, my world is shattered, whatever, whatever. Um, and I like the fact that, you know, um, she does come into this phase where she meets this, you know, equally dope person in his own right. And it's just like, oh, like, you know, I fucked up. I made a mistake. I messed up something great. But at the same time, like, there is, um, like, there is hope for a new start. Like, this isn't, this doesn't have to be, like, the end of the world or, like, my, my last and final opportunity to have, like, you know, a dope-ass relationship with another black man. And I kind of wanted us to explore that more. Um, and see, like, what could have come of that. Hmm. I feel like it's interesting that you said that timeline don't match up. Because <laughs> that is a little I interesting. It, it's a little interesting because, like, the last I time they saw... the timeline, though. I had to do my warrior, you know, look the details and look the facts. So, the last time they were technically together was Thanksgiving, yep, right? Yep. That's when they broke up. Yep. We don't know that's the last time they had seen. Well, okay. So, then the... The block party, I think, was like January 25th, so we're already at two months. Uh-huh. Then they're kicking it for a while. We don't see any Valentine's Day scenes, so I assume that, like, they just glossed over it because, like, we have these scenes of Ethan Lawrence and, like, she's got, like, a different hairstyle. Now, I'm natural, but, like, I'm not changing a long ponytail and then braids, like, every other day. So, in my mind, I'm like, all right, that's about a month. So, now we're in, like, March. So, and now she's now telling him she's pregnant. So it's like, she's about, I would say about four months pregnant. So. Mm, why are you just now telling him? Yeah. Exactly. Like, why are you just now telling him? You aren't showing. Like, I know some women drop or like the baby pokes at a different time. But to me, that just seems real, real, real suspect. Like, I, I'm not buying it. Um, well, like, I feel like I. We also don't know when was the last time that Condola and uh, what's his name got together. And there was, even, there was even episode eight where she was like texting him down um, and what you would call it. And like, we don't know what she was texting him for. But, um, you know, like, I mean, I don't know. We, we don't, even if things were like officially done between them at a, like, at a certain point, we all know that we have those exes that like we still kind of like deal with here and there fall into old traps with or whatever the case might be so true, so but hmm, i guess that'll be something that we'll like we'll be looking for i don't know i'll be looking forward to it do y'all think that condola is this like evil mistress mischievous like uh, spiteful like strategic person i don't think you're allowed to be could she I, I don't think so like i was gonna say like for me i i this is it's I just didn't see it like I, I really didn't like I saw okay you know he was he felt like you know he had his moment with Condola but that wasn't what he wanted and you know 
having this conversation with Issa and then, you know, them potentially exploring it, you know, when he got the job, I was like, okay, you know, I don't know if she's, you know, how that's going to work. I, I didn't see them again, like necessarily having to be back together. Um, but I just didn't see that. So like now, you know, Condola coming into the picture with this, it's just like, yo, sis, like, <sighs> and then it's like, bruh, <sighs> and it's just like, damn, damn. I didn't even know the Lauren type was rooting so hard. Damn. Like the Lauren type was really hurt by this news. Yeah, hurt. But I'm black. I'm wondering now, are, are they hurt by it because they just because they don't want him to like have a kid with someone he's not with, or are they hurt by it because they actually were here for the Issa Lawrence reunion? Because I definitely love the Lauren type would be like, oh, uh-uh, don't take that bitch back. She cheated on you. So I felt like, so Lawrence, he was like the worst, like Lawrence was a fuckboy, I guess, like last season, but like the worst type to where like you have good intentions, but you kind of like string people along and like play with their feelings and like you don't really talk about, what was the bank teller's name? Um, Tasha. Anybody remember bank teller? Tasha. 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 So like the way that he, he treated Tasha, like I felt was just like, he had good intentions, quote unquote, but like they're the like those type of people, the worst type because just like you know, like you don't have the intentions, but you're still like playing with somebody's emotions, and like that's not right. So I felt like mm-hmm. in this season, it was kind of like payback because like you know we didn't know that Condola didn't want to like get married again or like was just using Lawrence as a rebound and like kind of played him and was just like I didn't invite you to Thanksgiving like you know I'm just thinking we having fun like my intentions were not to be serious with you and like that I think that that's like the worst type of person is just like you have like it's not fair that you know you're engaging with someone like and then not communicating what your true intentions are and so i just didn't like the fact that like she didn't have those intentions like clearly lawrence is like you know about to change his whole life and is stepping the game up and felt like he wasn't good enough and you know was really trying to impress her and his friends like told his ex like you know fall back because like i'm really trying to make this work and then for her to be like actually you know like this is just for fun like i don't want to get married um, you know, it is what it is. I was like, damn, that's kind of messed up. And then now you want to pop back in to be like, oh, by the way, I'm pregnant, but like, don't worry about it. Like, I'm good. It's just like, you know, what do you really, ex- you know, what, how do you really expect to p- people to react to you and your actions? Like, I just, that I didn't like, like, I just thought she was whack for all of that. So let's, let's have this conversation as a part of that, right? Cause this is all things in between. What I realized in the dynamic between Condola and Lawrence, and this is on both their parts, is they didn't have some conversations that they should have had. Um, About what they were, what they were doing. Not, not, not even. No, not even. Not even that. Like just like uh, a like getting information that really dictates like how you want to continue moving forward. And they made, they both made just like assumptions. Um, if that, that's what it seems like, because there was a lot of conversations that were missing. There was a conversation that Lawrence did not have with Condola about, you know, getting married again. Like he knew that she was married and divorced, but that doesn't say she wants to be married again. He assumed 
from from that situation that, that that's what she wanted again um or you know and it didn't seem like they had a conversation about you know having a family or kids like that it didn't seem like they had a conversation about whether she was on birth control or and what would she do if she got pregnant or not like those are things i think adults should be having conversations about um especially if you are engaging with one another trying to have a romantic relationship and then on top of that having sex with one another so for me, that's where I, I, I got from that, like, and as Ash was talking about it, like, I hear you when you say he's the bad guy, but realistically, they both were, you know, a little messy now that we look at it because they didn't talk about, like, you know, what they were doing in terms of a, a future and what the, the, the perspective was. Um, I don't think, you know, she played him um by saying, you know, I didn't invite you to Thanksgiving. She really didn't, but she could have told him no, even though he did ask her. Um, so, again, like, it was just about, like, them not having some conversations that should have taken place that did not. Um, so that was on both of them. And that's that's those are the types of conversations that we should be talking about if we're dating people um, and wanting to, you know, form some sort of relationship with them. I want to push back on some of the stuff that you guys said about Condola and Lawrence um, for the simple fact that did Condola explicitly say that she never wants to be married again? Because my recollection is that she said she would never plan another wedding. And so, um, what you call it? And so I didn't take from that that she would never be married again. That was one. Two, um, with the whole her not inviting Lawrence to Friendsgiving, not only did I not get the impression that she didn't invite him because she wasn't taking him seriously, but in the after show, they also talked about the fact that both of them are kind of like awkwardly fumbling around this question of like, do you want to come? Like, do yes. you want to be invited? Like, and it seems like she didn't invite him because she doesn't know, she doesn't want to impose. And she doesn't necessarily know if that's something that, like, like are, like, are we at that phase yet where we're, like, inviting each other to, like, our friends' things or whatever? Um, like, that's kind of how I interpreted it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also don't, I also don't feel like she felt like this was a rebound. Like, her friend was the one that was just like, oh, yeah, you know, she's having fun. But, like, her friend was also drunk. We don't know that those were actually Condola's intentions. So, I agree. Uh, yeah, this whole, like, Condola never wanted him. He was just a rebound. She never wants to get married. I'm just like, where did you, I'm, I'm curious as to, like, I don't feel like those things were explicitly stated. I feel like those things were um, inferred. I, I agree. Like, I I don't, like, I took that, like, I said this on the, uh, on the, on the series, like, he asked and she could have said no. Um, I don't think she didn't take no, him serious. Yes, she could have. No, that's that's not like see. No, that's not taking that's not taking accountability for the fact that you're an adult and you can make those choices. You can make that decision. Um, so, like in that moment, he did ask, and she could have said no. Or this is something that's just for my friends. It's you know small, intimate. We're not there yet. Um, I don't feel comfortable. Like she could have made that like known. And that's why I said they neither one of them. And I, and that's why I said I didn't put blame on. I'm not putting it solely on Condola because I don't. I never looked at Condola as being a bad person. I liked Condola. Like I really did. Um, I, I did. I just. I think. You know now how we see it play out is they just didn't have some conversations that they should have, and that's really what led to you know the issues with them because, yeah, like he didn't. Okay, like I think Lawrence tripped a little bit when he found out. You know. Oh, like you said, she she didn't want to play. I think he took that as oh, she doesn't want to be married again. Right. 
right. versus oh so do you want to get married again like you know let's talk about that like what does that look like for you like and it was clear like something happened that led okay they stopped talking after that but again in that they weren't talking about oh so okay you're on birth control oh nah okay um what would you do like oh okay so now nah, let's let's revisit this like you know like those are conversations that they should have had um you know or at least been you know on the same page on because that that dictates how you move forward um so yeah like mm, that's on both of them <sighs> that monkey wrench was crazy in the final episode i thought would be insane so like maybe there was a conversation about it and maybe it was Maybe it was just a fluke. Who knows? We know a lot of people who be on birth control and still get pregnant. Yeah. I just, I feel like his, like how we were just saying about like the fact of the timing. Um, he asked, was it mine? He did say, I thought we were being safe. Like, you know, the conversation about her saying, you know, no matter what you want to do, I'll be good. I feel like that's stuff that should be said up front though. Like, let me know these details from the get, like, like where did like what's that potential like because i, I want to know like you i, I feel like th that sort of knowledge is is good up front so that we can be like okay you good by yourself if that happens all right well let's keep going because i you know i might like you and want to stay with you but if not i know you said you good by yourself simple as that like i think it, it make a lot more situations easy peasy um on the back end so all that plays out. We see Issa smoke her L, and there's a phone call that happens. Um, and we we find ourselves at the Ethiopian uh, spot. Did y'all think that Molly was gonna make that phone call? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I, I don't know. I, just, I think it's something about having, like, long girl friendships. I don't know if guys operate the same way. That, like, regardless, like, if you haven't talked in a while, like, it's just, like, this understood rule that, like, you know, in this instance, like, there's really only one person that I need to talk to. And, like, I don't really care what the situation is. Like, you're the only person that understands. And I think that Issa understood that. And, like, and additionally, like, Issa really just needed to talk to Molly. And so, for me, it was kind of like a sigh of relief. Like, finally, you know, um, I think that they needed it. Like, I really do think that they do need each other. And although they are different, um, I just feel like their relationship is special. And, like, it's okay that and sometimes in, like, friendships, you do question, like, if you are still growing or if you have the same views. And, you know, if it's a strong and if it's a genuine friendship, like, you can get past, like, some of the differences that you have in, like, opinions or your beliefs or your values. But, you know, I'm just glad that she did call. And, like, I just hope that, you know, they can finally have the conversations they were supposed to have, like, at the or whatever. So many episodes ago. Yeah. I, I hope that they address their shit. In addition to, like, if they do want to vent to one another about their respective, like, you know, outside relationship. But I really do hope that they finally address their shit because I feel like that is 
had they done that prior, the whole glow up at the black party wouldn't have happened. Um, you know, what we saw in episode nine where like Molly accidentally texts Issa, like, see, I'm trying with her, and then Issa storms off, like, that could have been avoided. Like, they've been avoiding this, having this difficult conversation with one another for a very long time, and I'm hoping that because both of them are kind of in these, like, places where they really need support, that they not only support each other, but they're also honest with each other and talk about, like, the ways in which they need their friend to support them. Because I think that that's another thing that we, um, that we in friendships do. We have chemistry with people for a really long time, and so we never really, we sometimes skip around having explicit conversations about the ways in which we need our friends to show up for us. Mm. Um, and and sometimes we're, sometimes you're not able to have those conversations because time kind of shows us, you know, um, some of that. Um, but I really hope that now that there's, there's probably a lot more clarity now because they've been experiencing you know, um, these rough patches, there's probably a lot more clarity now about like what exactly it is that they need from one another. Um, and so I hope that they really dig into that first and foremost. Damn, that was all real. Um, I, I didn't expect Molly to make the phone call. I did not think that that was who Issa was going to meet. Um, I was hoping it was Nathan. I, I, I didn't know who I really didn't think it was gonna be Molly to be honest with you. Um, so it was interesting that that that's who she called, um, and in some ways I look at it as still Molly's a little trash because it took you having to go through your shit with Nathaniel to call your friend. Um, however, I also see it like you said, you know, just you know realizing okay they need one another. Um, and you know that's who your friends are and you know when your friends like that you you go through your shit but you you know you're there to support one another when you need to um so i i hear that and like you know i think that that's you know that's a real aspect of it um i do too hope like you know they they have some conversations about that um i feel like a lot of it does it does fall on molly though um, like, I think we, we look at it as like, okay, yeah, they need to have a conversation about their shit. Um, but we can also have some real conversations that sometimes it's not both people. Um, sometimes, you know, people have shit that they really, you know, gotta get together. And I think in this particular case, Molly got a lot of shit she need to get together. Um, and I think that became apparent when she was talking to the therapist and she like just called off of like how everyone has wronged Molly. Like she's just like wronged by the world. And it's just like, sis, like your life not that difficult. And that's not to like negate, you know, the shit you feel like you done been through, but come on, like you, you holding on to shit like that's not like nobody even made it your business. Like you didn't even know about it till years later. Like chill out. Like, you don't let shit go at all. So um, I do think Molly really got some work to do because she's still trash in my book. I thought it was interesting, though, because the, the conversation that she's having with Andrew and he's just like, you know, what are you fighting for? Is this what you even want? But then the next scene, we do see her, you know, making up or calling Issa. So, like, you know, is it that she clung, she clung to Andrew because... You know, she really wanted to show that she could make a relationship work, like, just in general. But what she really discovered was that she was missing 
that friend in Issa, and so that like that was what she wanted. She wanted to repair that friendship, and so is is that that question that he posed to her is that what prompted him to like call her to and made her realize that like you know I, I want to fight for my friendship like I want to fight and like I and that's what I miss like not you know you but you know Issa. Mm. I think that she genuinely liked Andrew and she genuinely enjoyed being in the relationship with him but I think that the I think that you know how like some they see that they say that thing about how like people come into our life for like reasons, seasons, whatever the case might be. And so maybe like maybe Andrew's season is over. Um and if it is, I'm I'm disappointed because I do feel like Andrew was a great match for her. But maybe his season was supposed to be an opportunity for an, an opportunity to illuminate to Molly because we see how like it's season fucking four and she still doesn't she still doesn't see the error of her way she Mm-mm. still thinks that like every, like she is a victim everyone else has wronged her she is always letting things go etc 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 um and maybe the purpose of him being in her life was um for to illuminate for her the ways in which she is st- like she still has areas for growth and sometimes we do have to like lose really uh really important relationships or like um, really important experiences to kind of like humble us the fuck like like literally humble us so that we can truly you know um, like have a clear vision on like what are the things that I need to fucking change because if I don't change them I'm going to continue to be on this destructive path so maybe that was the purpose of Andrew being in her life I do feel like she did genuinely enjoy like I do I do feel like she did genuinely like him and vice versa but like maybe she just and and I also tweeted this a little while ago um where I said that I feel like Molly is still incredibly angry um she she has a chip on her shoulder and that there's a lot of healing that she needs to do as a person I think yeah she has a lot of healing to do yeah and that's what I said I think that that work I think we could say, yeah, there's aspects that Issa could have done differently, um, you know, between their friendship. But I, I really do agree that Molly has a lot of work to do. Um, because, like I said, I could just go back to the fact that, you know, she feels like everyone is wrong to her. It's like every single thing. And it's just like you in some of those situations uh, made decisions to go back. You you knew what the deal was and you still, you know, followed through with it. Um, so it's just like, how do you continuously, you know, hold these, these grudges and hold these, these, this, this feeling that someone's, you know, against you. Um, but I want to ask this question with that before we move on is why do we put so much emphasis on those type of relationships? Like romantic relationships. Like, why is that? Like, why? Like, I'm just, it's, it's like, it's beautiful. Don't get me wrong. Like relationships are a beautiful thing um but it's just like we see where like just molly like she pretty much was like on this this craving to have a man that she pretty much destroyed the closest friendship that she has but i don't think she destroyed that friendship because of her desire to be in a relationship i think that she could get to I think that she can, her, yeah, I think that there were, there were things that Molly was doing 
that were contributing to the destruction of their friendship before Andrew was even a thought. Um, it's just that, again, like there are certain things that just started to become illuminated um, when he came into her life and when Issa kind of started to do her own thing. I don't think that those things were absent. I think that they were always present. And sometimes it takes certain people in certain circumstances to illuminate things for us. Mm. And nice to talk to about the romantic thing, like, if, I mean, I feel like it's you know, related to what I said before, like romantic, you don't just go out and like stumble upon 10 different motherfuckers that you could be in happy relationships with. Like it just doesn't happen like that. Um, And so, you know, the feeling like human, you know, human, the nature of humans is like, you know, we crave companionship, we crave love. And like, yes, we can get that from friendships, but then there's also something there, like there's romance in you know relationships with people who are who we are seeking um, you know a a, a a romantic relationship with. Like I can't. I, I mean I I don't think I can be romantic with any of my platonic friends. But um, again, like that's just it's not as easy to come by. And so I think that because it's not as easy to come by, when we finally do find a person who understands us, who appreciates us, who wants to spend time with us, et cetera, et cetera, we, we, we do like value that in a different way than we value our platonic friendships. But let me ask this, right? So you say that like you, you, you can't be romantic with your platonic friends. What does romance look like then in that concept that that's not something that you can do with your platonic friend? I mean, like, I just, I don't, the, the same feelings that I'm going to have for a man who I'm, like, attracted to and interested in, um, you know, like, the things that we do and that we feel for one another are not identical to what I feel for my platonic friends. And because those things are not easy to come by, um, people are definitely going to be willing to make, you know, certain sacrifices for a romantic relationship they may not necessarily be as eager to make for a platonic one. I'm just wondering why we put those walls up to say we can't like why we can't have, you know, feelings that like are when I say intimate, I mean more vulnerable um, with our friends that allow us to, you know, share, you know, when we're, you know, when we're having our highs, our lows, um, our in-betweens and like. We do, but our friends are not our mothers. Like we need friends and we need lovers. Because I think we're, we're we're missing the point about because all we're, we're just inserting sex into it. Like I think like remove the sex. Like you're saying, okay, we want lovers, but I think a lover is just so platonic means intimate and affectionate, but not sexual. So you can have a platonic friend that you do that you are affectionate with that you have conversations with that would allow you to be vulnerable but you should not be having sex with them like i don't think that's appropriate um so then we should separate it under that and 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 then restart to think about how we look at romance then because there's there's a difference there's a difference we can have romance with our plutonic friends and and cherish Read the definition of platonic again. I said, platonic says intimate and affectionate. And, and, and you know, say nothing about romantic. What's, right. Google ro- romance. Go ahead. Let's look up romance. <laughs> Siri, what's romance? 
broke a feeling of excitement and mystery associated with love. So in all that exciting, enjoyable love affair, especially one. So it don't even have anything to do with sex. Wow. Like okay. You do associate romance with like wow sexual relationships. Wow. Because like it it wow. it illuminates the feeling. That's a social that construct. Like we are being loved in a sexual manner. Nah, bro. Remove those constructs. That that sounds wow crazy. Like we we are making whole assumptions for people based off of a word that has no, that doesn't even pertain the words sex in it or intimacy. That's wild. Like it's not even like they're not even like. It, it's not wild. You have a girlfriend. The way you feel about your girlfriend is not the same. It's not identical. And the way that y'all explore y'all's relationship is not identical to the way that you explore them with your platonic friends. So but they're, but that's be, but but all your but they're because your friends are separate like you have different types of relationships. Yes, they're different. Exactly, platonic and romantic. That is separate. Yes, but what I'm saying is no, no. But see, I'm not I'm not disputing that. What I'm saying is you're saying that you can't have that romance that that excite that exciting feeling with your platonic friends, and I'm saying you can't. Yes, yeah. When I said that, yeah, I said nah. And what I'm saying is you can specifically about romance. I don't know if we necessarily like the definition that that, that actually just Wow, so then now y'all are ch- wow, do y'all, y'all are trying to rewrite the word when the definition is there. Like anything, but we are trying to say that like y'all don't like the definition that's there. For romantic feelings for another person is not identical to the feelings that we have for our platonic friends. Because we choose that not to apply those sort of feelings. Intimate with platonic male friends. But that doesn't then that doesn't then cause me to have feelings to where like I want to have a sexual relationship with them. But that's what I'm saying. That's separate. Those are separate things that we're 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 conflating to one sort of ideal of a relationship. Meanwhile, we can actually have romance in the way we in in some ways in which we envision it with our plutonic friends. Meanwhile, if we want to have sex, we can also have that with a intimate, you know, someone who's well with a with a boyfriend, girlfriend, girlfriend, boyfriend. However, you want to break down that dynamic, but you can have sex, you can have the romance, you can have the intimacy, and all that in that person as well. But you can also have aspects of that which are largely can be applied to your protonic friends only thing that's missing is sex i disagree i don't feel like i can experience romance in a platonic friendship have you tried it what do you mean have i tried it it's mm. a feeling i don't have romantic friends what do you mean what okay 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 mm-hmm <laughs> I want I, I want everyone to just to to take a moment to really to think to really think about though like <laughs> the how what what was just said here about like y'all didn't like the definition of how what romance was though that's the definition of it but y'all don't like it but whatever moving on say what what'd you say. But that's the problem. I've never had romantic feelings for any of my platonic friends. I don't feel like romance is something that I can experience in a platonic friendship. They're just, they're two different relationships. And like I said, it's very difficult to come by um, a romantic sort of 
you know, um, a, a connection with another human being. And because it is not that easy to come by, I think that that is why we hold it sometimes in a higher regard than we would hold our platonic friendships. And that's why I think what's holding like those type of situations back is because we're we're like again we're you're putting a con like realizing that one okay in this concept romance can be very subjective and that it can be applied in a broad spectrum at this point because we realize it's subjective however there's still a baseline meaning to it that is at this point in time how we apply it how we practically use it isn't largely connected to how it's defined and that furthermore just says hey like it's a subjective thing so looking at it and saying hey i can't apply it to my platonic friendships is like how not being that it's a very subjective thing and that there's potential that you can try it out and see if we don't limit to it just being a part of this one sort of relationship and that in that we can then become more accepting and more and and start to value more our friendships because they they are more holistic for us and to us but you, you want to say something ash go ahead mm -mm, nope. okay so we're gonna move on <clears throat> so a real uh another real topic looking for latoya uh this was a subplot all throughout the season and um it, it built and it built and it was what it covered and I think what it meant um, for a realer, a deeper conversation was about missing black women uh, and the need to call more attention to it. And for me, like I, 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 I pick up on these type of things and I like the way it was worked into the season. Um, but there, there needs to be more called to the subject of missing and murdered black women, uh, missing and murdered black people. And this was, you know, something that was just there and into the season. And I'm, I'm happy to have it had been there. Um, I don't know if y'all got any thoughts on that. I guess that kind of action just went over my head, though. So I would say, like, I didn't even, you know, pick up on that, that subplot. Not very many thoughts on it, but I do think it was very clever how they managed to um, include an element of, you know, just like um, kind of when they did interviews with some of the people who Latoya, um, you know, uh, interfaced with, there were, there was um, like, you know, there was, what's the word for, kind of scuttlebutt about her, like, potential, like, sexual relationships whatever with uh, this person that person and I think that and I thought and I say it was clever because I feel like that um, is a depiction of like the quintessential thing that happens with when it comes to um, you know black mm. women in the spotlight or even uh, black men in the spotlight for like a murder a death going missing something like that there's always this uh, tendency to kind of you know dig into and um, blast Mm -hmm. A lot of their, a lot of things in the, oh, he, oh, he be bad. We didn't have, we didn't pay child support for a while. Or, oh, this, well, she was said to be having extramarital affairs with whatever, whatever. And it's just like, what the fuck do those things have to do with the fact that this girl is missing? Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, what the fuck does, you know, him not 
paying child support to do with the fact that he was unjustly, you know, jailed or, or killed or whatever the case might be. Um, so I think it was clever for them to include that dialogue um, because that is very much a real thing um, that happens in our community whenever our people die or go missing. Facts. Just going to leave it there. So <laughs> what y'all looking forward to for next season? What, what, what's Insecure got to come back with?
just I want to hear their conversations like they're, that they're either having with their parents or their friends or just with themselves or with their therapist because I think that like you know this show has taught us a lot like it has allowed me mm. to question a lot of things that I'm doing or like I'm going through um I guess tv can do that like is it not supposed to I don't know but I think that they've addressed so many real life situations that you know to me I feel like I am my I, I can relate to a lot of these characters and since I can't afford a therapist like I need them to like help me figure it out so that's just what I'm looking forward to seeing is just you know what you know what what are they what are gonna be their choices you said a lot of shit there that I'm just gonna touch on real quick so one, okay. I want you to get better benefits at work because we need, we need, no, we need mental health resources and, uh, that should be covered under insurance. So yeah, um, tell them you need that, uh, and they need to step it up in the insurance policy. Um, another thing is I want to say is why he got to put that kid before Issa? Um, because she said she good. So Real talk, like, if she good, like, I'm just just speaking realistically, she good. Like, really? F that kid. Yeah. Mm. Um, I mean, like, that's, that's just a real situation. No, because that, that, I think that's a real thing that while, yes, the situation is what it is now, she's pregnant. There is a real, I think there has, we have to start making space for, there is, there are men who don't want to have kids. And if there's a situation where that's been expressed and some, you know, through we, we things happen again, y'all said people be on birth control, things happen. I think we do have to make space for men being able to say, no, I do not want that, you know, responsibility. I don't want to be in that and, and, and be able to not have to have that responsibility. Um, I do think that there has to be some sort of space for that. We have to have that tough conversation, um, but it's a real conversation. So being the fact that, like I said, she came to the table and said to him, no matter what you decide, I'm good. Okay, well, you know that this was not something we were working on. You're good. So yeah, I don't, I don't see that. I don't think she wants to raise the child by herself, but I think that she kind of let him know that you know what I'm saying? Like, worst case scenario, like, don't think that, you know, um, I'm saying that I can't do this unless I have you present. Um, I don't necessarily know if she wants it that way. Um, but also, I just, I feel like, you know, whether or not he was ready for the child, whether or not he's ready for the child, I don't know if I 100% agree with, you know, the whole, this idea that you mentioned of, like, him just, you know, she said she's good, so, like, okay, whatever, I'm gonna carry on with my life, because at the end of the day, like, that child is, is half his, and I also think that when we think about who personally someone like Lawrence being like, you know what, she gave me an out, and I'm just, like, not gonna have any involvement in my child's life, like, I don't see Lawrence as a character um, doing that, but, um, you know, what, so, have 
Nah, that's don't put that pressure on him. That's not that's not all on him. Like I said, if if she felt like she was gonna need support from him, then she should one again that they should have both. There's some conversation they did they clearly didn't have, but now that they're having this conversation, if she should she should have said to him, "Yo, uh, I you know I'm having this child. I'll be honest, with you, I I would like you know it to be a two situation." She said, "Whatever you decide, I'm good." Like, I'm good either. Like, to me, like, as an adult, like, don't put it on just because he's a man. Like, I get it. I agree with you. Like, the character that they have him as. I don't see him not just like, oh, damn. Okay, well, whatever. But I'm I'm, I'm just like, from a real perspective, like, realistically, like, us look at it. Like, how I said, like, about sometimes TV, you know, speaking to us and living for us and showing us some things and teaching us some things. Like, I think that also, you know, is in there as well is that while Lawrence the character may actually decide you know okay he's gonna you know play some sort of role in this child's life there also is a flip side to that to where he doesn't in this particular case have to um and then on top of that there are some people some men who don't want to um you know and depending on how that situation you know played itself out you know there should be some sort of space for that so you know to take place um so i just think that that was a real you know aspect of that um that's to it uh i am you know I, i'm i guess i i thought isa and lawrence we were going to get some sort of you know variation of their relationship in some sort of way um i think we still might get that but it will be very interesting on what that looks like because in some ways we we kind of get um derek and tiffany uh round two and not expecting to have a kid um so there's that i definitely want more of kelly i have been asking for more of kelly for a while uh she is a character of excitement and energy and just like there um but i want more of her i want them to talk more about Derek and tiffany's situation um I don't know how I feel about Nathaniel. I I don't like. Yeah, I know. I was never a fan. Um, to be honest. I just I don't know how like I I feel like if they gonna bring him into the the story, they gotta like bring him into the story. Like he he I I I get the whole like how the the disappearing um like you know how that that played into it, but I feel like this they should have given us more of him you know in this season like some sort of way like worked it in a little bit more um because i don't know how like i don't know about like how to feel about him right now um like to me he's on the same line as like her brother almost like he's just there um and molly i hope molly gets her shit together uh but right now she's still trash just some call it like she's still trash I just I don't know what we need to say about her. Like, she got a lot of work to do. Um, she got some healing to do. She got a lot of healing. That's all. Yeah, pressure sure. <laughs> We all got a lot of healing to do. So we're gonna get out of here. Uh, I appreciate uh, you two for coming back and having this lively conversation uh, with me. I appreciate all the guests uh, that came on. Uh, Bree, Andrew, Connie, Ash, Carla, uh, Quana. Thank y'all. Um, to the fans, this is the last of this series. 
Uh, I will be wrapping up season one with episode 40. So that's four more episodes after this. Uh, But stick around because there's more good episodes to come uh, in the coming weeks. Um, Working on some good shit to close out the season. Uh, As always, thank y'all for tuning in. Y'all want to drop y'all information? Houston sliding her DMs. Um, she she will be out there. Um, she's gonna need some some social distance uh, recommendations and tips on spots. Um, she's gonna need you know some happy hour you know friends. Houston hit her up. Sliding them DMs. And I'm at follow footsteps. So that's F O L L O W foot F. Double O-T-E steps. Follow footsteps. So, one, follow Ash for workout tips. Yeah. That's one. And for legal services. And that's what I was going to next. So, on that tip, she got the business in a, in a further place. Um, so, definitely, if you know, like, we, we spoke only, like, a few well, a few weeks ago. Uh, and it's in a, it's in a further place. Uh, you said the YouTube channel. So we working on some content creation. So I don't know if y'all saw, used to watch all that like back in the day, but they yeah. used to do this Ask Ashley section, yep. but it was like funny. Yep. So I'm doing a legal spin on that. So I'm going to try to drop my first um, video next week, but it'll be an Ask Ash. So if you have any legal questions when it comes to... Um, you know, if you have any business ideas, um, if you've heard of something, even if it has to do with like criminal justice, since I was a prosecutor for four years and know all about the ins and outs of what's happening with um, all these protests and the arrests. So um, I'm asking people if they have any questions that they just want to know, and I'll try to, you know, try my best to answer them in short form. Um, but it's just about like just you know, bringing light to some of the issues that are going on and just giving out free knowledge because legal knowledge is not free. So, mm. so follow her. Um, and as always, uh, you can catch everybody mad uh, on all major podcast platforms. You can email everybody mad pie at gmail.com and follow on IG everybody mad. So I want to thank y'all for tuning in for another episode uh, this is your boy Rel. It's Ash, and Carla. We out this bitch. Have a good night. Bye. Adios, people. Good night. We as a people will get to the promised land. I promise you, we as a people will get there.